Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Choral Connectivity, a People First Approach to Singing. I'm your host, Kirsten Oberoi, and today we're going to just do a little bit of a mini-sode. Um, this mini-sode is just going to be me. I don't have a guest today, and I just released my first article. Uh, I am a writer for the Chorus Connection blog. If you don't know what Chorus Connection is, if you're working with a community or children's choir, you got to check out Chorus Connection. It's an amazing company and an amazing software that really helps with administrative aspects. And I write for their blog. I just started and I wrote my first blog post that was posted today, five tips for rebuilding your youth choir post-pandemic. And as I looked at the article again and reread it, I really started to kind of meditate again on the last few sentences of the article. So those sentences say this. I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. As you rebuild whatever arts program you may be involved with, I encourage you to remember that we are not back to normal. We are moving forward to something greater. To fully embrace this greater, we may need to release a little bit of what has been to make space for what will be. We may need to challenge our traditions and set aside our comforts. However, those who've challenged conventions and forged ahead with unique ideas have started new eras and ignited a renaissance in the past. And that's something I truly believe. I truly believe that we, as artists, and I don't just mean choral artists, I mean all music, all art, all society, really, we are at a turning point. Point. We are at a turning point that we can reshape and, for lack of a better term, pivot and do something different. I see so many posts about I've got this upcoming concert or my students won't saying from behind the mask and all of these questions that we're presenting. And every time I see that, I have to think to myself, what is the expectation? In episode 14 with Jacqueline Normandy, she challenges traditional ideas and consistently asks the question, who says? And when I think about what we have in front of us the future. Really what I envision and what I can see is choral music coming outside of this traditional box. And we have that opportunity right now. We did it. In 2020, we did it. We were like doing virtual choir and I saw collaborations and artists and videographers and singers and instrumentalists and audio producers and everyone came together and figured out how to do the thing. And I think that's phenomenal. And yeah, I get it. We're all sick of virtual choir. I don't want that to be the future. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we figured it out. 
We figured out a way to make this happen. And we did that using creativity, using intelligence, using community, using our resources. And now that we are back in this situation where many of us are, and I quote, going back to normal, maybe you're distanced, maybe you have masks, but you're in a choral room with kids or adults or people and you're rehearsing choir, singing, people. We are so quick to go back to what we know. We are so quick to go back to what makes us comfortable. When really, just because we are back in the environment doesn't mean the environment needs to stay the same. It's sort of like moving home with your parents after you either went to college or you've lived away for a little while. You come back and you're a different person and you have a different personality and you have different needs and you have routines and things that you've set for yourself. And then all of a sudden you come back into an environment where your parents are treating you the same. And it feels very different for the person inside. So I guess what I wanted to just present in this little itty bitty mini sewed today is maybe instead of thinking, how can I get my choir to do what it used to be able to do? Maybe we need to be thinking, how can I use what we've gone through to build something greater? Let's be better than we were before the pandemic. And better is a tough word, you know, better how? Better musically, sure. Better in terms of inclusivity, sure. Better in terms of oral skills, sure. Better in terms of sight reading skills, sure. However you want to be better, be better. Take that unique creativity that we all had when we had to go virtual and apply it here. Just because we're in an environment where we are comfortable and it feels, and I quote, normal again. It is not normal. And that's a good thing. There are so many things that we can improve on. There are so many different things that we can do as a choral community to really uplift and be greater. There are so many things we've learned through this pandemic. There are so many things our society has gone through. And we can use all of that to help raise the bar, to help reach more people. Maybe stop taking the cookie cutter of what has been and trying to plop that cookie cutter on today. Because today is not what has been. Today will never be what has been. Um, What has been is gone. Never before in our lifetimes, if you're listening to this podcast, never before in our lifetimes has choral music just gone away. And for the past year and a half, almost two years, it went away. It went away. So we have to bring it back. And we have to bring it back in a new way after this trauma that we've gone through as a society. No matter how it affected you, no matter your community or your numbers or your vaccination status, everyone has gone through something. And 
when we put that cookie cutter and we say, we're going to do it the same way we did it before, and that's going to work, that's where we run into issues. That's where we want to run into trouble. And that's where I don't think we're going to be quite as successful going forward. I just, I, I really think that in order to embrace this greater, we need to release a little bit of what has been to make space for what will be. It's going to be different. And that different can be greater. Maybe we're past the traditional choral concert. We use the word like informants. I saw lots of posts, you know, uh, my... My choir is going to be performing in December because we're coming up on that. And they're just not as polished or they're not ready or they're not what it, it, they don't sound as good as they used to. You know, what are some tips and tricks? And a lot of people say, you know, do an informants for your parents. But in my mind, when, if you're conducting a concert, unless You're conducting a concert at the ACDA convention. More than likely, your audience needs to be informed of something. They don't know why you're doing the piece. They don't know what it offers. They don't know necessarily what the words mean. They don't know what the piece conveys. So why isn't every performance we're doing an informants? If we want to be inclusive, why aren't we informing our audience of why we're doing what we're doing? Because we know the why, and hopefully our singers know the why, but our audience isn't going to know the why. Why is an informant something that's a backup? It should be right out front. Let's take all of these people that come to support our singers and let's tell them that what we're doing is important and here's why. This is what we learned. This is what we're working on. Let's explain the voice. Let's explain oral skills and sight reading skills and invite via that explaining that audience into our world. When we just get up on the podium and we don't speak to our audience and we go one, two, ready, go, and our kids sing, what that does is it allows an audience that may or may not know about our craft to create their own thoughts or opinions, or it might feel cold. And I'm not saying get up there and you have to be an MC the whole time, but you know, the, these are the sort of thoughts just to kind of get back. I'm kind of got on a rant there, but just to get back to it, you know, why are we looking at alternatives to our concert as if, well, we didn't get there so we can do an informants. Maybe we need to flip the script. Let's look at these traditions. How do we normally do a concert? How can we change it? And changing it isn't a bad thing explaining things to people isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's a really good thing. You've got this audience. Um, one of the things that Jacqueline Normandy said in episode 14 is, you know, we hold our students or we hold our audience captive. And I've been really meditating on that. We've got these really long concerts and maybe we don't talk in between. The audience has no idea, but they came to support their singer and they don't know what they're listening for. 
They don't know what they're listening to, but they're there and they're sitting there because they have to be because their friend is in the chorus. But what can we do to do more than that? How can we not hold them captive, but rather captivate them? How can we get them on our side to understand that what we're doing is important? How can we bring them into our world? So when they leave and that singer that they're here for, they can say, wow, I loved the piece that you did that you were working on this and I could really hear it or you were trying to emote this and I really felt it. I don't know. Maybe we need to challenge our traditions in rehearsals. If your singers aren't doing well singing with masks on and social distancing, how can you flip the script? How can you get them there outside of the traditional rehearsal? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What's your goal and what's a unique way to get there? How can you add surprise? How can you add joy? How can you add um, engagement? And I'm not saying you can't do that through traditional choral rehearsal. Come in, sit down. We do warm-ups. We do a sight reading activity. Hold your folder up. Sing the song. That's great. We have to have a little bit of tradition. Otherwise, we push those away because we want to have that element of familiarity, right? But that's a balance. Familiarity right now needs to be a balance with unfamiliar and with challenge and with just finding that greater, finding, and you know, I, I don't mean this to sound naively positive, but I do have, tend to have really positive outlooks on things. And don't get me wrong, there were moments during the past, the, the pandemic that I just, I was shut down and I was depressed and I was frustrated. But now that I'm, we're kind of coming out of things slowly and we're, we're back to singing together, I have to think, how can we look at what has happened and put a positive spin on it? How can we make it better than it was because of what we've been through? How can we take what our singers have been through and what our society has been through and make it a positive thing for our programs? Because it is possible, but it takes a lot of creativity and it takes a lot of challenging traditions and conventions and, and forging ahead with unique ideas. I mean, we've seen this. Look at Beethoven. Look at the music he wrote. Look at Stravinsky. When he wrote, people were so angry about what he was doing because it was so different. But it ignited a renaissance. It moved our art forward. And I'm not saying that, you know, we here are Beethoven's or Stravinsky's or whatever composer or person you want to plug in. But when you look at history, when there has been something tragic, someone steps out and someone says something or does something that is unconventional. 
and it begins a new era. And I think we're here. I think we're right here. But we have to accept that challenge. We have to accept the challenge that we are in a an artistic renaissance. We are here. We have landed and we need to treat this like a renaissance. We need to treat this like, I recognize that you've done it this way and our society has done it this way forever, but now we're going to do it this way. And when we lock into that, when we accept finally that this is a new era of art, of music, of society, It's going to be so much easier to do what we do. It's going to be so much easier to say, okay, we sing and we have to have masks on now. And I'm going to try this, 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 and this. Does it take a little elbow grease? Yes. But when you can release and let go the what has been, from February of 2020. Stop thinking about your February 2020 concert or the last concert you had and stop trying to make the next concert you're going to have look like that. Instead, do something else. Do something wild. Why not? Why not do something wild? Because if there is a time for it, it's now. If there is a time to try it, it's now. Create the renaissance. Because you have the power to do that. And you have the power to do that no matter how far or wide your reach is. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, I just have seven kids in my elementary school choir, you are a part of this. If you are thinking, I have a community choir of 150, you are a part of this. If you're anything in between, you are a part of this. You are a part of this renaissance. So encourage each other, help each other come up with a unique idea, ignite the Renaissance because it's here and it's ready for us when we are ready to release our ideas of February of 2020, of what it has been. Let's make an amazing what will be. Because I know we can. We can find that something greater if we just think about things a little differently. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my little mini-sode and that it was somewhat inspiring to you. I just, that was so heavy on my heart that I wanted to present it to you and even more, I want to hear what you think. What are you doing to ignite the renaissance? What are you doing in your program that is unique, that is different, that is helping take a positive spin on what we have all gone through as an earth, (laughs) as a human being? Um, And, you know, I'd love to put together another little mini-sode of what you're doing. This is so important, and I would love to help encourage positivity in the choral community by coming up with a resource, let's let's create a resource together of things that we're doing that are different. How are we igniting this renaissance? So please, please reach out to me. Um, my website is choralconnectivity.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Choral Connectivity Podcast. Or you could shoot me an email, uh, podcastchoralconnectivity at gmail.com. 
Any of those ways to reach me is great. But I really hope you do. I want to hear what you're doing that's working. Because if we can share with each other what we're doing that's working, that's unique, that's helping move our art to greater than it was before, and if we can connect that way, we are going to soar. This art is going to become something so wonderful and we're really going to move it forward. And I think choral directors will smile just a little bit more. Thanks for listening. And as always, continue being inspiring, innovative, caring, committed, and passionate about bringing singing to all people. Have a great week. I hope to hear from you soon.